1: Hello and welcome to Missing the Point. I am Rashawn Buchanan, Joel with my guys, the basketball crew and the Real BK, Bob Kelly, and Muddy Mike, Marc Angelo. Fellas, how we doing? Tie series, baby! Woo! Let's go! Yeah, man.
0: Let's I'm, go, I'm, man. It, oh, I'm, amazing. I'm fucking great. Like like you said, tie series, and not only that, but the, the resiliency that this team showed to tie up this series, and just absolutely, it wasn't even a game. Beginning to end, like... Three minutes into that game, you knew what Celtics were showing up. So, I mean, I-, I couldn't have been happier with the performance, man. It was amazing. This will probably be a surprise to you all. I'm a little
2: uneasy after game two. Like, it was a, uh, uh, that was the best opening 24 minutes of an answer and a response I've ever seen uh, out of the recent incarnation of the, of the Celtics. But that third quarter scared the ever loving shit out of me. And, so, did the fourth, I mean, uh, we, we'll talk a little bit more about that, but I'm happy the series is tied one-one. If it was uh, oh, two, it would be over, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. and now I, I still think that the Celtics in the six is, is uh, it's my prediction that I said I'm standing by it, but there are some kinks in the armor.
1: Yeah, I mean, let's just stay there, right? So, obviously, we, we let off with that. Obviously, Celtics won 109 to 86 on Tuesday night. Uh, they lost game one, 101 to 89 on Sunday. So, Bobby, I'll start with you. But just what were your initial thoughts after game one? And then just now that obviously with the series being tied, you know, just what is will just change your mind um, after the game two beat down?
0: I mean, so but Mike, Mike actually said this uh, in the discord during the game is game ones just don't get along with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I don't know. I don't know what it is, man. But, uh, you know, I, I was a little worried after game one. Um, but then just to see the response that they came out with, it, it just goes back to everything that we've been saying for the past three, four weeks is the culture in that building is just so different now, man. The team that I wanted them to be two years ago, and I thought that they were, seems like they are now. I mean, that that response is a, um, don't get me wrong here, is a championship response. You know what I mean? Like it, it, To be dominated in that fashion in game one, because they were. Beginning to end, they were dominated in game one. And then they came out and said, fuck you. We're going to dominate you in game two. And everything they did wrong in that game one, they seemed to correct until Mike said, until that third quarter. Uh, But it's still, I'm I'm not as worried about it uh, just because I feel like they got into a uh, time management mindset. And you could see it even, listen, when Stan Van Gundy is pointing out that you're stagnant and it's absolutely true then it's definitely a thing that happened so so something needs to be corrected from that second half but the response man the, the response was next level for me I, I love how they came out on fire like that Jalen Brown was an absolute beast in that game though like, like enough can't be said about Jalen and, and his 30 points and 38 man what was he I think he was like six of ten from three in that game he was awesome man yeah I mean Listen. Game one was uh, at the at the end of
2: that game. I just said you can't. You just can't rely on threes because Milwaukee's game is to is to literally just flood the paint and make you kick it out and shoot. Right? They they don't really defend. They don't even. They they give up threes because they don't want to defend it. They and they don't have. They don't run up against a lot of teams that will just shoot from three. Right? I think in the in game one the Celtics went eighteen of fifty from three, which is thirty six. You know, thirty six percent. Not great. Not not really great, and I think what's most disheartening about that was that most of the threes that they missed were uncontested, yeah, so it was just a bad shooting night, right I think uh dK said it best in our group chat like that has to be Jalen Brown's worst game ever ever like he can never do that again uh and he came back he came out in game two firing the the biggest area of concern after game one then we can go to uh, we can talk about game two is it just felt like that the Celtics were getting dominated in the paint. But when you really think about it, they, they only trailed the Bucks by, I think, what, 14 points in total points in the paint after game one. So they, they only scored 20, and Milwaukee only scored 34. So take that for what it is. I, you, you just, you have to push it. You have to give Milwaukee a, a reason to, uh, to leave you open on the perimeter and I think that they did that a lot in the beginning, in the opening uh, quarter or two quarters in game two. And, you know, the Celtics weren't, they weren't missing. But when you look at a stat line, it's not often that you'll read a stat line of a team, of the winning team, that says that they went four, they went 20 of 43 from three and they were outscored in the paid 54 to 24. That's scary. Well, I mean, it's, it's
1: scary because of who they have down there, right? So, obviously, with Giannis, you know, Portis can do his thing down there. Lopez can do can do his thing. You know, to, to answer the question that I asked, like, you know, my thoughts at the game one was, okay, we got a punch in the mouth. You, you got to respond. And once again, these are defending champs. So, to think that you were going to sweep your way through or gentlemen sweep your way through was was absurd is the playoffs are going to bring adversity. That's what it's supposed to be. So whether it's your own adversity, because it's through injury, and so what happened with Marcus Smart, whether it's adversity from the other team. And, you know, to me, game one was a perfect whirlwind for, you know, disaster, right? So Giannis getting to the paint, you know, had 24 points, 13 rebounds, 12 assists. Drew Holiday played above what he usually, what's listen, listen, Drew Holiday is a plus defender. He's a plus playmaker. The knock on him for his whole career, since he came out of UCLA back in 09, was he's hot and cold offensively? Um, had one All Star year when he might have been All Star a couple of times now, but I remember at least him being All Star one time. Um, but you know this is not the same Drew Holiday that was in New Orleans or even his days in Philly. So you know, offensively, you know he can, you know he he could be had, and that's what we saw happen in game two because I think he went seven twenty. Um, uh, the year nineteen points. So that's more of what I expect for him to shoot thirty five percent from the field, not what he did in game one. You know, getting a steal from Marcus Smart and pulling up hit three. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, are you, are you Steph Curry? Shut up! Like, get get out of here! Like that that's not that's not realistic. You know what I'm saying? So, um, they may have played their best game or one of their best games, and they showed they might have showed their hand completely. You know, because once again, game two was a complete flip of what we saw in game one. One on one, eight or nine, and then you uh, know. They don't even break 90 in game two. Like, to me, that's more closer to what we're going to see the rest of the series. Like, I don't think we're not going to see a 121 to 115. Well, I think with Middleton, obviously, on, um, and then Mario Smart, like, I think that we just have a game like that. But we're not seeing a 121 to 115 uh, type of game. But um, to your point about Jalen Brown, Bobby, I'm proud probably Jalen Brown, right? For him to be there, you know, the reports came out after that, you know, the game obviously started at 7. He was there at 3.30. 345 just getting shots up and this was locked in so obviously he cares about his performance he knows that he owed the team uh you know a a great performance for him so for him to go 11 and 19 overall you know for him to score 17 in the first quarter that's what set the tone like the game essentially was over in the first quarter i don't share the same sentiment as me being concerned with having the third quarter like Milwaukee was going to make a run at some point. Like that's just what it is. Now, even with them making the run, they were still never up more than they were still never down. Um, Milwaukee was still down 15, 16, even after making a run. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. You know, now I want to credit eBay. I want to credit eBay because I think it was a coach. Um, oh, the Minnesota coach. They see Memphis going a twenty-one to zero run.
0: No timeout.
1: No timeouts. None. Like what the fuck? No, no timeout. What? What are you doing? Like, are you, are you part of the Chris Webber Academy? Let me know. What, what, what is going on? So, <laughs> the, isn't think, that the opposite? Maybe he is. Exactly right. Exactly. Oh, no, what I say not knowing when to call timeout. There you go. That, that's why I said that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Okay, either way, it was insane in 1993. It was insane now in 2022. Regardless, it may cease to get down to 16. You know, Mike, to his credit, says in the Discord, great timeout. Got to regroup. And that's what they did. They regroup, and Get a couple of 10 minutes a couple threes or whatever. And you know the, the rest is history. So you're gonna get lax when you're up that big. That's just it. The playoffs, regular season doesn't matter. You shouldn't. We know that does, especially with the history of this team. You know, as I hit my mic because I'm so excited. But it's just like that's just what that's what was going on. So they got the job done, and now we know we go to Milwaukee for for Game Three. But uh, the question, uh, next question, I want to ask, and I'll, Mike, I'll start with you. So obviously the Jays were impressive. You know, t- uh, Brown gets thirty. 10 gets 29, 29, even though a lot of that was late. So, you know, we know what they bring to the table, but, you know, really, if you ask me, the MVP of the game, really of the series, hell, even of the playoffs so far is, is number 12, Grant Williams. So, Mike, I'll start with you, but just, you know, how is his defensive ability, uh, really, it really is his three-point shooting, you know, changed, you know, the gameplay for the Celtics uh, so far in the playoffs? Y-
2: yeah, so... If you were to tell me a year and a half ago that Grant Williams is going to be the reason or one of the players that shuts down Kevin Durant and then Giannis in the playoffs, I would have looked at you dead in the face and said, you are fucking ridiculous. Like, that doesn't make any sense. I don't get it. And on the defensive uh, front, I really still, and this is my lack of basketball uh, knowledge, I still can't quite comprehend how Grant Williams is doing what he's doing. I mean, I know that he has a, uh, he has a, uh, a great wingspan, He's he's playing way bigger than he is. It's just really hard for me to comprehend the fact that Grant Williams is doing this now. In terms of the three point shooting, I mean, I, I was uh, I was looking up some stats. Do you know what his like? Where his hot spots are shooting threes? You're usually the left corner. He is forty two percent from the right corner, forty six percent from the left corner. Wow, that's wow, that's unfucking wow. believable.
0: Yeah, that right? is wow, wow, and, and,
2: and so okay. like when I say. Uh, just to mm. backtrack a little bit, when when I say I was disappointed or like a little worried, uh, it's because that run that Milwaukee made in the third quarter, in my opinion, was a self inflicted run by the Celtics. Mm. Milwaukee wasn't doing anything different than they were in the first and the second, right? The Celtics just gave up, just with just on the illusion that they were not that they were no longer going to penetrate, and they were going to settle for threes, and that's what happened. But listen, man, you're telling me that if you're the coach of the Bucks and you're going to allow three pointers, like that's fine. You're gonna let Grant Williams stand in either one of those quarters. You're, you're gonna like you're going to get burned. He will hit. I mean, he'll hit four out of every ten, which is absolutely insane. It's, I almost want to say that it's not sustainable. But we saw him do it for four games against Kevin Durant, and now with this four day layoff between uh, Game Two and Game Three, you know, uh, uh, eBay is a great in game adjuster. Right, he does a great job, and he he does it also. He's he's just a great coach when it comes to making adjustments. Milwaukee's head guy, he he makes really good adjustments too. I'm really interested to see what what they do in terms of get uh, getting Giannis or just telling Giannis you're going to be one on one with him, and you can beat him, and 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 see what happens. But through two games, I mean, Grant Williams is absolutely tearing it up. What he is 21 points uh, in game two. I think he had uh, he had eight points in uh, in game one, but he was a plus, plus 22 uh,
0: yesterday. It's incredible. So so to back up exactly what you were just saying about Grant, Giannis when defended by Grant Williams in game two, eight points, four of 10 for field goals, uh, a turnover, no fouls, and six minutes of matchup time throughout the entire game. The Bucs are seven of 16 shooting versus Grant in game two. Uh, And that was a team best 8.4% below expected per NBA tracking, which means the the shots that were getting put up against Grant Williams are shots that they normally hit. But this dude is just contesting everything. And and bro, what's crazy about it is with Grant, you can tell Giannis doesn't want to drive on him, man. He wants no part of Grant Williams in, in the paint for some reason. Like, I don't know what it was about Giannis in that first half, but I've never seen that man shoot more jumpers in my entire life. Any game I've ever seen Giannis play, I've never seen him pull up for that many jumpers. The only time he started going downhill again is when they switched out onto him. Um, So I I just think it's so key for Grant to be there because, listen, it's the same thing that happened in game one. Giannis wants no part of it, man. He wants no part of Grant Williams down low. And like you said, dude, it is so unfathomable. (laughs) That this is the Grant Williams that we're watching now. I mean, listen to these stats. So game two, seven of 14 from the field, 50 percent, six of nine from three, 66 percent from three points. That's absurd. And that's so this is what's crazy about this transformation, too, is this isn't who Grant Williams ever was it's not like he was a three-point shooter in college it's not right. like he was right it's not like it's this is a whole new guy that we have come to love in Boston and it's so crazy because literally last year I, I think us three spent 25 minutes in a segment <laughs> about why this dude can't be on the team this year and it's just it's such a crazy turnaround man it's unbelievable and he is 100% the most important person. To this team moving forward, right? Right. Uh, for our success, if we're going to make a deep run in this playoffs with who we're going to have to play, he is the most important person on this team. But besides, I mean, maybe besides the Jays, but the most important role player. So
1: him, him is smart. Him is smart. Yeah. Um, You know, Tamir, or interchangeable, or maybe even Timor, depending on, on the series. But, you know, to further this, this segment, this man was over 25 his rookie year for three. Over <laughs> 25. I mean, he he was shooting like me on the court. At the YMCA he was shooting like me. I he, he could have had the ocean. He was next to it. And that's 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 how it was, you know. Which is why I became a hell of a passer when I used to play back in the day. I was like, I I could pass up around all the, all that, but man, shooting shoot, put put me on the bench. Coach can't do it. So what what happened, Ray? Like what? I'm having it with me?
2: No, yeah. no, <laughs> <laughs> I know what I happened with you.
1: I, 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 they they put me in football and, and my life changed, but. <laughs> No, but I, I think, I think, I think with him, he just, he, you're right. <laughs> uh, he, it, I mean, obviously it, it had to be something that they practiced. Obviously, listen, with Brad Stevens before, you know, coming he made like that's what, if you're a big, you're expected to be able to shoot. Like that's why when they sound out Horford from Atlanta, you know, back in 2016, he was just starting to get that game. You know, we talked about that with, with, with Jared on the 607, but um you you cannot be in this offense, no matter who's the coach. Now, really in the NBA, if you cannot at least have the threat of shooting a mid-range to, to a three-point shot, so you know he's six 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 seven-ish maybe. Um, and I was, like, I've seen him like he's been I've been like next to him because I've, I've been on the floor sometimes when I do security. Like he's not, and I and I say this because I'm, I'm a big guy myself, but he's not that big. He's no. not. He's really he's really not. So it's just like, once again, I get it. I, I, I know people are like, you, you Tell yourself. Yeah, I know, but I'm like, he's, he's not, he's not the super big guy. He's 6'6". Six, six. He's my height. Al, Al, Al is a legit 6'10". Rob is a legit 6'9". Ty's is a legit 6'9". um, is a legit 6'9", 6'10". So it's like, you know, they have length, you know, everywhere, but no, but to, to, to his credit, man, listen, he realized that, look, if I'm going to carve out a niche in this league, I have to defend at a high level and I got to knock down a corner three. And, the best part about this, yo, he's becoming a modern day Bruce Bowen. That's it's that's fucking beautiful. That's what Bruce Bowen was, you know. <laughs> granted, we didn't see it here in Boston. It's funny, it's ironic that they wear the same number too. It's ironic because they're both number twelve. But <laughs> it's just like that to me is what he's had to become. He had to become a modern day bruce bowen so if that's the trajectory i'm all for it i am grateful that he's become that i feel bad that it couldn't be him and romeo because i was really a big romeo guy i thought that romeo coming out of college was going to be the you know the next guy that we could have on our bench that would perform but it didn't it, it work out that way but yeah without grant Williams, man like i said which is wild to say but it, it is what it is um they would not be in the position they are to take a, a lead on the series and for him to guard two of the best players in the world. Forget about yeah. Forget about now.
0: Yeah, in the, in, in, in the world. Any
1: in any yeah, in the world. Yeah, in the world. Right. In in in, in any era, <laughs> like to, for him, for Grant Williams, you know, from Tennessee, from North Carolina, <laughs> you know, to to really have a hold on the series, it's just awesome. And I'm glad he's these on our team. And I'm glad that you know that Danny and and Brad and whoever the powers may be, Austin Age and Mike Zarin, they didn't listen to us as a fan base because. Right. Preach. Well, there's a a, a few deals that, you know, fans wanted this. It's like, yo, if if that's happening, we're not seeing this run. And because we're impatient, but, you know, go ahead, Mike. Before we move on, like before we move on
2: uh, from Grant Williams, I just want to take you and and everyone that's listening and or watching this uh, through this journey. Your rookie year, uh, he shoots 24 of 96 for three for 25% threat, three point percentage. Next year, 48 of 129 for 37%. So that's a huge increase. He doubled the amount of threes he took this year. He went 106, 58, and he
0: shot 42%. So, Mike, we're on the same we're li- we're literally on the same page, bro, because I have the same thing pulled up, except I, I just want to extend it out to college too. College, I'm just gonna sum up all three years, 29% <laughs> over three years. And and he attempted 103 threes over three years. And he attempted more than that this year? 258 this year. Yeah.
2: He hit 106
0: this year. So <laughs> made more threes this year than he had his entire college career. Like Correct. he just, just he literally reinvented himself.
1: Yeah, I I mean I I believe he was a player of the year down there too, which is wild in Tennessee. You know, but you know, you had the Amherst Go some other guys that was on the team. I I get it. So maybe that wasn't his role to shoot there. But listen, <laughs> man, like I said, I, I'm I am glad that they said to him, Look, if you want to stay in this league, you wanna stay on this team. You need to develop this shot. And once again, once it was amazing that once the Jade's playmaking abilities started to sh- you know, really be on display, right, is when Grant took off. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously the stuff with Derek among the that came here, like that's where you saw the whole team really feel in and in invested. So um once again, he he's done a phenomenal job, but I'm, I'm excited to see what he does. Uh, you know, say real quick, season. Ray.
2: Uh yeah you can bookmark this you can uh, keep this for his, i don't care how how poor this age is sign him now yeah yeah I don't know like I don't know what he's gonna max out as but if he sh- if he gets any better next year like he'll be shooting 45 percent from three he's he, everything everything about his game is improving and now he's showing you that he can
0: be a shutdown against two of the greatest uh, two of the best players to ever play so sign right. him. right you know you know who he's reminded me a lot of on the defensive side of the ball and this is throwing it back a little bit and this is uh, I'm not saying this person could ever hit a 3 but is Horace Grant he he was such a difference maker on the defensive end man and, and just he turned the tides of series you know what i mean you look at when he went from Chicago to Orlando, Orlando and he he literally brought that Orlando team to the, the, Chicago bro that's what i mean and he's such a difference maker that's literally what like Every time I watch him on the defensive floor now, I I think Horace Grant man because like like I said, everyone is scared to go up and try and body this dude. And and like Mike said, dude, he's so crazy because he's <laughs> not that big. He plays like he's seven two, right? He plays like, it's it's insane, man, th- what he's done. And yeah, yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna move on from that, that's I mean, I, I don't know what else to say about him because like uh, we could rave about Grant Williams all night long and what he's turned into, man. It's amazing.
1: Right, so I, I mean, I, I want to speak to the player that he's been guarding, right? Because obviously, there's, there's two teams in the series, not just the Celtics. So obviously, Giannis shot nine to twenty five in Game One. You know, his stat line was a well; it was technically better in Game Two, but when he had twenty eight nine to seven, even though he shot two or twelve in, in, in the first in the first half. So, you know, Bobby, I'll start with you. Just are we due to see a Giannis breakout performance, and if not, why do you think that it, it, it may not happen?
0: So. I'm just going to go back to our first series, man. And, and and I don't mean to keep drawing these parallels, but this is what we said about KD. He's due. He's due. He's going to drop 50. He's going to drop 50. It's happening. And he didn't have his game until it was too late and we had already eliminated them. Um, I, I truly think that if the Bucks are going to have success against us, it's going to be because of their role players. And that's what happened in game one. You saw Grayson Allen killed us. Drew Holiday killed us. Giannis was being Giannis, but he wasn't the dominant Giannis that we've seen throughout the years. And I just think it's, it's, it's so telling. So the one possession to me that says, I don't know if he's going to have that breakout game. Bro, Peyton Pritchard forced this man out on the baseline. Peyton Pritchard bodied Giannis out of bounds. That, that just shows you the, the mindset. I thought that, that was you, a foul, but I was happy to either no, day, let he, it go. You
1: can't. Listen, you can't call feel, a foul on you, someone that's you. six
0: foot on Giannis. I feel you. I feel you.
1: I feel I thought it was a foul, but I, I saw it from where I was standing. I was like, oh, uh, well, he 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 certainly done in out of bound, which but, is fine. But I'm with still, it. I'm not mad at it.
0: Fearless, bro. <laughs> that's 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 where my head keeps going is we are Fearless. We don't care if you're Giannis. We don't care if you're Kevin Durant. We can switch anyone onto you, and, and we're going to be able to at least force you into a top shot. All right, You may score, but it ain't going to be easy. And, and and that's just the MO that I see continuing through. Yes, Giannis could have 100%. He could drop 40, but I guarantee you it'll be the hardest 40 points he's ever scored in his entire life. And also, Middleton so, isn't
2: there to, to drop his consistent 22, which would put you in a position fatness. to win the game. But right. like this, I, I'm, I'm not going to be negative, I promise. But we can all agree that this series is different if Middleton is, is playing. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I, my, I just, Giannis, I, I think that you, if he goes 11 for 27, you know, consistently, that's not bad. Right. But you can't start off one of nine or whatever, however piss poor he started off in, in, in that game. I think. I don't think he's a front runner, but I do think he, uh, like most athletes, he requires a little bit of momentum. And if you throw him off early, uh, the the entire team doesn't know what to do because their offense runs as it should through him. And when he's missing shots that he's usually making or he's not even attempting the shots that he normally would because of whatever mythical powers Grant Williams has over him, (laughs) then it, it throws him all through a loop. I don't think you're I mean, I think you're probably going to see more of a stat line, uh, like a 35 point average throughout the the series. But I think Giannis averaged what, 31 points per game this year, but against the Celtics, he averaged 28. So like what we saw game two is right on average. It was just it was an ugly 28. Right. Well, let let me
1: say what you might because obviously, you know, uh, Milwaukee's lineup is I think it's is holiday. West Matthews. Giannis, Portis, and then uh Brooke Lopez. So do do you state the double big lineup? So which is Portis and Lopez, do you think they can survive this series? Keep playing those two guys at a high, you know, basically playing them, you know, twenty-five to thirty minutes a game. Do you think they can survive the series playing them guys how many minutes?
2: So my my answer to that is I actually think that you need Portis to do more. Because I I I don't think, you know, I think Lopez At this point in time in his career, he's giving you the best kind of minutes that he can and he's giving you a pretty good amount of offensive production. Now to game two, two points, not great, right? (laughs) But you need one of them to step up. And I would say that, you know, the plus. now you can't really go by like plus minuses in uh in basketball, but Portis should be your guy. I mean, because Lopez is a so far in the series, uh Lopez is a minus twenty eight. So Portis, I think that's the horse that you need to bet on. But what can they do? I mean, I don't know. He was five of seven from uh he was five of seven from the field, three of three from the free throw line. If he takes fourteen, uh like seven more shots, is he still ten of fourteen? You need him to be. Like you need him to be better than he has been
0: all year if everything goes the way that it did in game two. Yeah, um, See, I think the key is the role players, man. I, I I said this before, and that's because in Game One, what you saw was we collapsed it on Giannis. Every time that dude brought it into the paint, he had two, three guys on him, and we left dudes open uh, from that three point range. I, I can't tell you how many open threes, um, like you said, uh, Giroux had, or uh, you know, Grayson had in in that Game One. And the the script just changed in Game Two. I don't know if it was because of you know uh, the Grant confidence factor on Giannis, or it, just the fact that Giannis was pulling up and shooting jump shots for some godforsaken reason. Um, but I, I think it is something that you know. Without those role players, I don't think they can stand a chance, man. Because. So you think about, I don't mean to keep bringing this back to Giannis, but obviously the Bucks are Giannis. So this dude, when he is on, right, he isn't going 11 of 27 from the field. He isn't shooting 36%. He's shooting 80% from the field. He's shooting 70% from the field. That's the kind of guy Giannis is where he scores, you know, 35, 40 points and he's 18 of 24 from the field or something insane like that because that's the kind of guy he is he goes to the hole he slams it on you he's just an athletic freak so the fact that you know i I feel like it was an adjustment like we said that Amy made that we stopped collapsing in on him and just tried bodying him out of that paint that's when you see that success that like he's either pulling up for jumpers or he's passing it out to drew to go one of six from three or you know Portis to miss all his threes that game so it, it's all reliant on it in my opinion if we can body Giannis one-on-one man and, and you know what I mean like that was the key to that game two start I think and it, you saw it in Giannis man I like I, I just keep going back to it I have never seen Giannis shoot so many jumpers have you have you ever seen that no. happen
1: so probably the first time they faced him in the playoffs, the 2018 year when Milwaukee would come in as a seventeen we were two, they he he didn't he didn't he didn't know he didn't, he, didn't, he couldn't he couldn't, he didn't figure it out. It was Middleton. He wasn't Giannis yet. Yeah, he, he wasn't was, no, Giannis no, no. yet. He, yeah. he, he, he was he was still. I think he won most of the group player that If I'm not mistaken, but it was Middleton that was giving us buckets as it been it, it stayed that way he, it's for the rest of his career uh, thus far. But. I think that's probably the last time there was. And obviously, you know, that was the young hospital sub. They like could say Ricky Tatum and second year Brown. And so there was just a lot of stuff figuring stuff out really on the fly. And that's going to be a really great series. And I'm going seven um, as well. So I, I expect that here, but we'll get into that, you know, shortly. But, you know, to, to answer the question about Portis and Lopez, I think that.
0: That was the question, know, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, that's why, that's why, that's
1: why, It's why, um. But oh, you like know you Giannis. Are, yeah, you know Giannis, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like you guys were a lot more diplomatic than I'm gonna be. <laughs> it's because you know more than I do. Brooke Lopez got to sit his ass on the bench. <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, he was garbage, man. He was garbage.
1: When you're run a pick and roll at him every single time.
0: Yeah, he can't he run can't his ass
1: it. into the ground. That's simple. Make him unplayable. That, that's what you gotta be. Portis Portis is, is is nimble enough to kind of still move around and you know but run, run the pick and roll every single time make his ass unplayable just like you did Andre Drummond now yep. granted he shoots better than Andre Drummond so that's why you know he, he's out there as, as a four spacer so even at seven two but this is not the number ten pick that you got from Stanford in two thousand eight he's not that same guy not the same guy that was dominating in Brooklyn that was a two time All Star over there it's not that same guy. He, once again, they have made him into this road protector, you know, savant because he's on the championship team. But he's still a guy that's not. He, he's still a guy that, that that's very slow. It's very very turtle-like on the floor. So personally, to me, this type of series, and once again, I hope that no one from over there listening to this part, um, I would actually put Sergio Bark out yep. there. That's you know what I'm saying. That to me, you want to start put so it would be Holiday. West Matthews, you know Giannis, and obviously it's, it'd be Serge and Portis, and then because Serge, Serge is going to bring Horford out, he's going to bring and it, it's going to force Rob to be on one of those guys, and he can't be the roamer. That's when Giannis would get his forty because he had the pace wide open. That's when that happens. Then your cave begin it's like, oh, whoo, I'm kicking over to Grayson, or I'm kicking over to whoever. Like that's when that's when they start to pile on and they run guys out the building. So. But yeah, to me, like I said, Porters and Lopez to me, I was actually surprised when I saw, I'm like, wait, this is the starting lineup, Like, you're really, right. really going with this? Hey, listen, I'm and I'm sorry, this is and I I don't mean to be disrespectful, but well, you're, t- you're, you're, t- you're not telling me that Wes Matthews is still is still a, a key contributor bro. to 2022. No <laughs> fucking way, bro. Like Jalen Brown torch his ass every single time you on the floor. There, there is no there's no way. This is not Portland Wes Matthews. This is like no, no, no. This is I'm not sorry.
0: seventy-four million dollar contract, West Matthews. No, no okay. way, no
1: way, bro. No way. I'm sorry, like I, people try to just oh he, he's locked. No, no. He mm-hmm. he was locked down in Portland. Don't get me wrong. He he had a very good career in Portland. Very good role player. You're not telling me that you're depending on him to shut down someone like Jalen Brown. Listen, man, Jalen Brown and you started in the game too. When you get there Saturday afternoon, Jalen Brown work his ass all night long. He cannot guard him. Grayson Allen cannot guard him. Pat Connaughton, I know it's your guy, Joe. He cannot guard Jalen Brown. That's that so I'm I'm sorry. And a dancer can't guard Tatum. That's Drew Drew Holiday can do guard eat Drew Holiday is a phenomenal defender. But them, the the motherboards I just mentioned, hell no. So work, work work them Uh, which is why they funnel everyone to the paint. Because they know they got some weak ass defenders there. That that's why. But like to me, I, I didn't mean to get that part them about it, but I'm, I'm telling y'all. Brooke Lopez, you have to make him unplayable. You have to, um, but the way because I know we talked about the, the three point shot. You know they were eighteen to fifty game one twenty, or forty three in game two. So that you know eighteen 50 36 percent forty was forty seven percent in game two. Thirty six percent is league average, so it wasn't like <laughs> right. you know they and, they and they and they go twenty or fifty. Guess what? That's forty percent. So if you once again they, it was a whirlwind. It was they got punched in the mouth. And on top of that, I think the Scott Foster thing mattered. And listen, for those that listen to this, you say, he played the rep. Listen, it's not about blaming the rep. When, <laughs> when, 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 when fan when people know the fact that fans across the world, forget about just in Boston or New York or Memphis, fans across the world or the NBA world know Scott Foster by name. Like he had his over for dinner with his family. That's a problem. Yeah. He's known as the extender. That's a problem. So in my mind, they said, you know what? Look, we're going to start him now. You know, get all the calls there. And once again, they couldn't get it out of their heads. Well, I said, you know, Tatum was upset. Jalen Brown was upset or whatever. And obviously, you know, Marcus Smart was happy with the... So there was just a bunch of things that w- that went... Whatever could go wrong in that case did go wrong in game one. They've they righted the ship, obviously, in game two. So, you know, that, that's my last point on on that. So I want to get back to our stars, right? Because we, we've given a good amount of credit to, to the Milwaukee side. But obviously... You know, everything, most of what we do starts with Jason and and Jalen. So, obviously, it could buy 69 points. uh, 59 points, excuse me. The biggest thing, the biggest thing, right, exactly. Well, Milwaukee did get fucked. But (laughs) (laughs) Um, let's go. Let's go, let's (laughs) go, baby. You know, the biggest thing is that they combined for 12 assists, right? So Giannis had 12 assists in game one, and it, it dropped down to seven, right? So when you're getting other people involved, obviously, that's what opens up the offense, whether you're driving to the hole, driving a kick. So, with them combining for fifty nine points in game one, combining for twelve assists, you know, uh, Mike, what what kind of numbers are you looking like from both of them going forward? And, you know, what what is your expectation um, going into to game three on Saturday?
2: Yeah, so I think for the barometer for the Celtics to be successful, it, it is it goes through uh, those two. I think you're one hundred percent spot on. I think if you walk up, if you walk out of the game, and after game three, we see that Jason and Jalen. Uh, accounted for 57 points, and I, I think the number is still 12-plus assists, uh, then it's gonna, I would pick the Celtics to win that game. Uh, because what makes my biggest complaint, you can go back and you can listen to every show that I shit all over the Celtics and said trade Jason Tatum. Because I said that, right? I would rather keep Jalen Brown. I said it, I own it, I was wrong. Great. The, my biggest complaint was, is that they were redundant. They both did the same things and neither of them did anything different. Now we've seen Jason take this next step. And as Bobby, you know, uh, you know kind of prophesied uh, six months ago, but this ascension where he is becoming more of a superstar. And it's not just because he's making more shots, it's because he's making shots better for others around him. And he needs to continue to do that. I think Jalen struggles ball handling. I think Jason Tatum does things in his sleep that Jalen Brown works his ass off to do. So there's just more God-given talent, and in terms of, of ball handling, you see it every time that Jalen gets pressured when, he, when he's crossing uh, half court, he always fumbles the ball, right? So I think that it, it goes through Marcus, and it goes through Jalen, and or Jason, and then it goes uh, then it goes to Jalen Brown. But those two need to account for anywhere between 55 to 65 points. For a win, I'll get to my my biggest area concern after, but that's how
0: I feel about those two. Yes, I was wrong. I know. I love to hear that. Um, anyway, yeah. uh, just especially about these two guys, man, yeah, because you, sure. you guys both know I've had a soft spot for both of these since the day they came into Boston. Some would since say a wet spot, a wet one hundred percent a wet spot because the, these two are maybe the two most basketball-gifted players that we've seen in Boston in a long time, man. When it comes to Jalen, I couldn't agree more with his ball handling, man. I swear to God, if I see Jalen Brown turn the ball over one more time, bring the ball up the court, I'm going to flip my shit. But that's the only complaint I have about anything that he's done throughout this playoff series, man. He's, he's turned into a, a, a more consistent... He, he turned into what Jeff Green was supposed to be from day one. You know what I mean? Like, he's mm. so athletic. He gets to the hoop. And he actually has a consistent jumper now, which is something that Jeff Green never got to. So that's where I think he's at now. Is like what we thought Jeff Green was gonna be when he got drafted. That's what Jalen is now, man. And Jason Tatum is just bro b- bona fide superstar at this part. You know what I mean? Like he's what I I thought he was gonna be, man. I- exactly what you said. Like, yeah, you when, were right, when,
2: Bobby. We know I was yeah, wrong. You were right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we'll just say it. Well, you want to say it again? I mean, you're, uh, yeah. you're just finding 18 different ways to fucking say it. No,
1: but listen, that, listen, that, that Jeff Green that, that was really fucking good. Yeah, that, that, that's, that, that was about that.
0: But I was like, wow. Yeah, no, yeah, wow, wow. Because because you remember how, how good he was supposed to be, man. And Jalen was never had that ceiling that we thought he had, man. And he's taken his game to a different level. And, and honestly, I, I think it's because of Tatum. I, I think it's because of this neck step that Jalen that Jason took that Jalen's like okay now I gotta step my shit up because listen I I was the complete opposite of you Mike is uh two years ago I was calling for Jalen's ass man I I did not like Jalen Brown I didn't like the way he played basketball because he reminded me so much of Jeff Green and he reminded I, I thought he was going down that same path but he took a turn man and just to see the guy that he's turned into, with that killer instinct, alongside Jason Tatum, I just think this guy's the limit with these two, man. And and to win this series, I think they need probably. I think you're right, between fifty and sixty points a game. And if these dudes are setting up Grant Williams with those open threes, setting up Peyton Pritchard with those open threes, it's 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 going to be tough for Milwaukee to beat us. I mean, real quick, right? To
2: your point, because. I don't want to cut you off, and I want to hear. What, I want to hear what you have to say about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Celtics had 28 assists in Game Two; those two accounted for 50 percent of them. That's what you need to do.
1: Yeah, I, I mean that, that's the key, though. Like, and I'm I'm, listen, I'm, I'm, with it's a, it's a three for three. I'm, I'm with you. Like, they, they need to score to 50 to 60 points. I mean, I'm greedy. I want like, 60 to 70, but that, that's that's sure. that's a little that's a little too high. Well, no, I, I mean, actually, I, I think like t- listen, we talked about Giannis being do, Tatum's do too. T- tandem is do. For a, a a forty piece, all you know, forty piece wing dinner, all all flats, you know, lemon lemon pepper seasoning, you know, with some fries on the side, like it, it saying, is, it is, it is don't time. Don't forget the mac and cheese, don't bro. Don't forget the
0: mac and don't cheese. Don't oh yeah, don't forget, mac forget the mac and, and cheese. cheese.
1: There you go. So yeah, you know, and 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 and, and, and a Pepsi. Like it, it is, it is time. It is time to see the one. Pepsi. Yeah, all, all that one two then that one two dribble with the side step, you know, for three, and you hit Mike Breen, bang. Jason Tatum does it again. Time about Milwaukee. Like I, I want to hear that constantly <laughs> these ne- these next couple of nights. So that that's what that, that's what's needed. But like I said, I, the key thing is the is the assist. So right. if you if, if you limit Giannis' assist, and if you limit you know and and, and from Milwaukee, if you limit what Tatum and Brown are doing as the playmaking. Then you know you got a shot. But you know, I couldn't leave that Jeff Green, J- Jalen Brown comparison alone. Like as soon as you said, that, I was just like, oh my god! Like I have to do the rabbit hole and go back into that. Remember that that game Jeff Green had against my, uh, you know, Miami had won like twenty in a row at that moment, and he went that quarter bananas. three, bro. That bananas on. Oh no, that was yeah, that was the following year. The game, yeah, the game where I remember that. But I, did. <laughs> uh, Miami was on the they they had funny, ironically, Milwaukee had had the streak for. 33 wins in a row one point. Anyways, Jeff Green went crazy, had 40 on LeBron, was going to do doing whatever. But the, the biggest difference, and I know you said about, you know, uh, Jalen Brown ceiling has, has risen, and it's true. Jeff Green was always comfortable being really good, right? He would have, he would give you 43 one night, next night, 16 points, five or 20 from the field. And it's like, oh, yo, like, <laughs> this is the same guy that was out here dunking and jumping over people. Like, but that, that's just what it was, right? Even up in Oklahoma city, right? So that's just how, He's been as a player. Jalen Brown, I think, cares about his performance. As you saw, you know, to to be as poor as he was in Game One, to say, you know what, I'm coming to the gym early, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna make sure that I'm that I'm ready for my teammates, if, if for myself, and for the city. Like that's it's the mental, right? once again, all these athletes in the NBA are great. So we we can joke, control all it. Every athlete in the NBA is is phenomenal, but it's the mental that separates from good to great. And I think now. They were very good under Brad, right? Very good. But well, once again, 55 and 27, 53 and 29, you know, 48, 47 to 24, whatever the the next year, and lost in the conference final it was like very good. So now you get a disciple of, of pop. So now we're going from good, where okay, yeah, you, you, your skills again, you buy. Now we're thinking through the game. It's like, okay. You know what? If I'm drawing two and I see, okay, if I'm at the top of the key and I see Derek White in the corner, and his man comes to me, and Derek White cuts his whoop, okay send it off to White, get a layup, or just whatever it may, or set the picker, get, get somebody to pick a roll. Oh, Rob's man's coming up to me. Okay, let me throw the let me throw the lob over the top to Rob Williams, get an easy basket. So that's the next level where they're thinking through um, the game. And that's what now is separating the Jalen Browns from a Jeff Green, Tatum, for whoever came before him. So, and, and it's beautiful, you know, to just see. Uh, but one more thing I wanted to touch on, but I just, well, I just said can his I, can name. I, just,
2: I I can't, I can ever articulate it as, as intelligently as you just did. But uh, as someone without going into all, all the game stats and and, and the mindset, mm-hmm. I think that there is something different. So I, I think that the Jeff Green comparison is is like literally spot, yes, on. spot, on, spot on.
1: Yes, on on yes, on on.
2: But there's something to be said about the fact that Jeff Green, when he was drafted, w- was coming in as a new kid, like to to replace somebody, or maybe he would be uh, anointed. And then his second incarnation, when he was on the team, like there was it was Paul, it was Ray. It was KG. He was never going to be that, so he could just be good. Jalen should, and I, I always wondered if he did. I, I always thought he would have one, but he it feels like he does now. They drafted him, and then the very next year, they picked pick someone who does exactly what he does, but better. So he should have that chip on his shoulder, and I think what, we, what we're finally seeing now, yeah, he, he's going to work harder to, to do it, but he couldn't be... He's not, he he may never be a top 10 NBA player of all time. Like, you know, maybe Jason Tatum will be. But if he's top 25, then that's incredible for what he had to overcome to get there. He's, oh, for, he's our, for sure,
0: he's he's our Pippin man. You know what I mean? Like, he, I, I'm not comparing us to the Bulls dynasty. I right? don't take that and run away with it. But I'm just saying, like, he is our secondary. I I could see you like yeah, just fucking. I was ready to fucking bite at that. Right? Uh, I almost just had a just hard just say, up just saying
1: he's our Antoine for right now. He's our Antoine, right? Just he, he's, he's, he's our he's our Antoine. Second- our it's okay. That's okay. okay to say that. It's okay. And
0: I I think what what really solidifies how amazing Jalen is, okay, is. I know you're going to talk about Derek White in a second. I have a thing about Derek White, Rayshon. That dunk over Giannis, man, was just another level, man. He got fouled, for the record. He also got fouled on that dunk, and they didn't call it. So he had an and one Giannis hanging on his arm, and he slammed that shit home on him, okay? So it's just a different attitude than Jeff Green ever had, and it's, it's amazing to see. It's just awesome to see what he's actually turned into.
1: Right. No, for sure. So let's get back to the current roster. So welcome, welcome to the Jeff Green Hour. I'm your host for the evening, but no, uh, no, <laughs> but not, <laughs> no, always no. He's good so, for
0: a Jeff Green reference too. Yeah, you know?
1: no, 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 no. Like I said, it, it, it was spot on. That, that's that. I hope I hope that we use that when we, when we put it out there, but no. So Derek White, obviously. So obviously Derek White filled in for Marcus Smart last night. Didn't score, but had four rebounds, had five assists in 28 minutes, I believe. So Bobby, I'll start with you. Just what. What was what was your thoughts about him starting for, for, for Marcus Smart? Or just how did you think he did uh, last night in, in his absence?
0: Listen, I don't know if I'm going to be on an island here, but I have come to hate Derek White. I hate when he's on the floor. I hate when he has the ball in his hands. I hate when he puts up a shot. I, I've never been more uncomfortable with someone at the rim shooting a layup than I am with Derek White. This man misses so many layups. It is absurd. He gives you the intangibles so give you that. He gives you, you know, those defensive minutes. He gives you the extra pieces that you need or the extra extra things that you need on the floor, man. But I, I just can't deal with him offensively anymore. I, I can't do it. To Listen, I'll, I'll say this. You guys know I'm a Pritchard fan, so this may come with a grain of salt, but I am so much more comfortable with Tatum bringing up the ball and Pritchard adds our secondary guard than I am with Derek White on the floor as our primary ball handler. I can't do it anymore, man. I- I'm out on the Derek White experiment, okay? I, I-, I think that the trade was very vital to-, to, the- to the mindset and what we brought to the table for the rest of the season. I think getting those guys out and bringing Derek White in, shorting rotation, the whole thing, was very vital to-, to the run that we've made and where we are right now but i can't do with those i can't do with a guy that has 20 minutes 0 for 6 in the field 0 for 4 from 3 in a game i'm sorry i i can't do it and i, I don't like i said i don't know if i'm going to be on an island here but like i just can't deal with those empty offensive possessions from him anymore those layups that you see and you're like bro here we go uh, uh, i i can't do it anymore i'm out on Derek white I know he's going to play a key piece, and he's going to have a big game, and I'm going to end up eating these words later. I know that for a fact. But at this time, I'm I'm done with Derek White offensively. If you want to sub him out every defensive possession, that's fine. But I think he's inept offensively at this point, man. I can't do it. I mean, for those
2: of you listening, uh, if if we're down on a player, like you can call us stupid, but you should probably bet the over on that player in two years because that's what's going to (laughs) happen. Without (laughs) without without like just bet it now. I just can't, you know, it's like the exact opposite of Grant Williams. How do you go from shooting 42% from the field in the regular season to shooting 28% in the playoffs? How does that happen? Uh, To Bobby's point, I think he articulated it perfectly, so I'm I'm not going to spend too much time on it. I have about as much confidence in Derek White making a shot as he does. And it's visible that he has no confidence in anything that he's doing offensively. So... If he's going to contribute, and I, if you think that he's that, you, that he is contributing, fine. Yeah, he played vital minutes. He's playing vital minutes. He's not a liability defensively. Sure, but if it's a if you're down one in the final two minutes of the fourth quarter, we better not see him on, on the court. Yeah, he better not be on that his, goddamn because great. then he's a liability.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I was hoping that you know you guys put that route. I was hoping. Um, I, I almost expected it honestly when I thought about it. Thanks, Ray. Um, when you help hold Drew Holiday to seven to twenty shooting, you still find a way to get five assists. Now, yes, offensively, yeah, he's been in the rut for a while. Obviously, I did see a stat earlier that he's you know, did good twenty five and seven since since he's been here. Um, and remember when he first got here back in February, that new lineup they was doing when it was it was Smart, Rob, Derek White, Tatum, and Brown. They they was. Shutting folks down immediately that, that when, when he got here. So, I think defensively, he he fits the bill. You know, ten out of ten times. Yeah, and um, I, I, and I that's that's, that's, that's yeah, go
0: ahead, go ahead. I, I don't mean to cut you up, but that's exactly what I mean when I say like he was so vital to to the team that we turned into and who we are right now. Right. But man, I, I just keep going. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no. I
1: I, so no, I, I, I get you know, it. You <laughs> you you had, you had your turn to go off. I I, I, I got bad. you. I'm I'm, I'm gonna bring it home. <laughs> no, you good T- wait, taxes this session. We haven't used that one in a while. But no, listen, I, I understand the frustration offensively that I'm not here to be you know the I'm not I'm not here to be the bearer of good news when it comes to that, right? That's ridiculous. But we've talked about there's more to the game than what you see on a stat sheet. It's not a coincidence that the ball movement looked a little different with him out there. Now, once again. We've, we've spoken to Marcus Smart as a playmaker this year. But when Derrick White got traded, the first thing that people spoke about, it wasn't necessarily offense, it wasn't the defense. It was like he makes quick decisions. So when he gets the ball up the court, it's, oh, Tatum up a browser ahead of me? Cool, I'm making that bounce pass. Or we see Pritchett or Horford fill in the corners, as you're supposed to do on a fast break. He fires them on the corner. Now, whether they make or miss a shot, whatever, that's up to that's under their control. Um, but that's what he's doing now. I want to touch on the offense a little bit because obviously we know where he came from. He came out of San Antonio under pop. Obviously, he may have coached him over there for a while as well. He has a Tony Parker Florida in his game. I know because I've seen it. I've seen it in San Antonio. I've seen him dunk on Paul Millsap in a playoff game when he had 36 a few years ago. He, he could show up in these moments. I've seen it. But he's got to get back to believing he could dominate in this moment. That's the biggest thing. So to, to what you said, Mike, so. It's there, and I, I want. And once again, we you know this is where you know the three of us know you know Celtics stuff. We can go back pulling the archives. I'm going to the archives. So remember, 09, 2010, we traded for this little guy named Nate Robinson. Right, got it from New York, and people was like, man, you know he's struggling. He's not doing this. Not doing that. And what did Doc Rivers do? We came up to the podium and said, Nate Robinson is going to win us the game. And that game too, against Orlando that year in, in, in the Conference Finals, when I think Rondo got in foul trouble, Nate Robinson goes for 13 in that second quarter,
0: wins us the game. Day Shrek four. and Donkey game, the and Shrek, Shrek and, and Donkey day, 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 game, bro.
1: Game four, twenty ten finals. They had him and Big Baby go crazy. So, Derek, I say that to say, in twenty twenty two, whether it's this series or they advance, Derek Royce is going to be the reason why they win the game. Like, that it's, it's, it's game or even the series, it's, it's, it's going to happen. Um, because I I just, I just think that he's that good of a player. So once again, people have slumps. Hell, we talked. We did a show. I'm um, come out in the in the future. Talk about talk about Ray Allen, like. Ray Allen had his moments when he when he has Like that's going to to happen. Um, but as long as he's not letting it letting it affect what else happens on the court, that matters. And his, his mindset to the game is, is always, okay, I'm not making a shot, but I'm gonna make the right pass. I'm gonna be in the passing lane. I'm gonna get a steal if we need it. I'm gonna I'm gonna guard the best player on, on the other team if if I need to. So that those intangibles is what makes this worth it alone, makes it worth it alone, right? Um, but we want him obviously to get to get the 13. 13 points a game. I, I get that. I, I that That's his average for the year. You want him to get to 13 to 15 points. I totally get that. If I'm even man, I'm saying to him, look, you've got to get back to that floater game. Because if he, he can start getting that floater, that's when they're starting to cave in. You could kick out, or they'll back off of him and he can start hitting the three. And what do you know? Now they're saying, all right, now the solvers are going on, so they used to come for And bring on whoever at that moment. In in my opinion,
2: listen. Now that you're throwing your microphone at me, uh, I was just gonna (laughs) say. You know (laughs) what, Raysha gets excited when he
0: when he throws a couple jabs at his microphone. (laughs)
2: Yeah, Listen, I don't need him to put up uh, to even to to put up 12 points a game. I don't need that. What I I don't I don't think that you really. I mean, if he's starting, yes, sure. But in the role that he was in last night, he wasn't like he was good defensively, but he wasn't Rondo good defensively. Right, like, it, and it wasn't Rondo assist leading. Three of his five assists were to Jalen Brown in the first quarter, and Jalen Brown wasn't missing any shots. Like, it did, <laughs> I, you could have passed the ball; he was going to make. Doesn't matter who's covering him; he was going to make those shots. He, we, we just talked about that. Right? If you remove, uh, if if you remove uh, White from the equation, Boston shot fifty-one percent from the field last night. Like, he he brought your team down offensively, and he wasn't. But he wasn't a liability defense. I, I get it. I I would just say. Do you think my question to you, Ray? If you gave Peyton Pritchard twenty eight minutes last night, and you gave uh, Derek White twenty four, so you just flip flop him, is the outcome of that game any different? So knowing I, I what, knowing what still, you know defensively, everything that happened.
1: Right, right. So, well, let me make this clear: Peyton Pritchard is the defender of Derek White. So, I we, we can that get I, that but out. But the way. I, yeah, no, <laughs> so, that's fine. And we can we can, we, can, we can say whatever we want. He is not the defender of Derek White. So, let me let me. So you put that disclaimer out there first and foremost. Now, offensively, no. So of course, if Payton Pritchard gets hot, then it's a different ballgame. However, we saw in game one, though, when Payton Pritchard gets, gets shot happy <sighs> and then he shoots certain stuff, he has no business fucking shooting. Sorry, Bobby, but it's, it's the truth. It's true. That, 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 man. That, no, that, that, off, that off the ball three, it's like, what are you doing? Or why do you keep pulling up from thirty-five feet of time? Because or, 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 pr- yeah. or go That drives me insane up, up on him Real
0: quick, yeah,
1: yeah. That that drives me insane stand up on him. So it's like, whoa, bro. Don't once again when he when like like last night when they swing once, swing twice and then he's opening the corner at the top of the key. Seventy percent. That's gonna that's gonna go in for paintbrusher because he's there. He he his hands is ready. He's gonna shoot it. Make it. But when he's trying to get into his bag, and then he's he's waiting for the pick to come. And then he shoots it off the dribble. No, I don't want yeah, that. Any he, yeah. he gets his mind. It's like, bro, you're not back in Eugene, Oregon, bro. You're not yeah. there. You're not he can't there. You're not, create not, his not own shot
0: in the NBA yet. Yeah, yeah that's like, I don't, yeah,
1: yeah, you can't. You can't do that. So it's it's it just depends on the night that you're getting. But there's a reason why they started Derek White. It wasn't like oh he's you know he's not that paying Pritchett. like Payed Pritchett is better off the bench right now. And this and that was very season game. I'm sure they find a of went to, to Pritchett. but that wasn't the case. They knew defensively. They needed to do something with Drew Holiday because he was a problem for them in Game One. And to be honest, Drew Holiday would have abused pay pressure. He would have, and we, we might have been looking at this a different. We might have been sitting here bitching about being down too old, and then you know, uh, Mike sitting there with a smile saying, "I told you so." So that's we we avoided that last night. So that for that, I'm thankful.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Was I, I couldn't so. We can we can move on from this after this, but I couldn't agree more with that is like, listen, I love Peyton Pritchard, man. I do. But when I'll never, I, I messaged into the group like, we need more Peyton and less Derek White. And for the rest of that game, we got more Peyton and less Derek White. And it was the worst possible scenario for us <laughs> because it was just Derek White played good in the second half and Peyton Pritchard was awful. So it it really does depend on which Peyton Pritchard you're getting. And I couldn't agree more that he thinks he can create his own shot at this point. He thinks he's in Eugene, Oregon sometimes, and he's not. Give me Steve Kerr. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, As good as my Jeff Green comparison, bro. That's perfect. That's the problem.
1: That's the problem. And he's not there yet. Like, it is if you want to watch a great performance off the bench, watch this is like late in his career. Watch the video game six, two of three. He go. He hit. He gets seven threes off the bench. It might be six. Either way, he didn't miss against Dallas. I'm um, in the Western Conference Finals. to the finals, and, and and they and, and they win the finals. So if we did that, hey, I'm I'm clapping. Bravo with the world champions. He's not there yet. <laughs> he's right, not there. So don't do it. And that's not the case. So yeah, once again, I I can't believe I pulled it out of it. But anyways, but that's just that's the first thing I thought of. him said it. I'm just like that. He's not there yet. So we want him to be there, but once again, there's baby steps to get there. And rookie,
0: rookie of the year, Peyton Richard, by the way. <laughs> That's
2: the real VK's R O T Y.
1: Yeah, no, gosh. Yeah, right. For, He's my Ben Simmons for,
0: forever. Rookie <laughs> of the year, baby. Rookie <laughs> of the year.
1: Forever, for, for, forever, forever, my rookie, right? Like, and, and 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 his eighth season from Oregon, the it's rookie of the rookie. year. Hey, son. <laughs> Wait, are, are, are you kidding me? Oh, man, no, that, that's that's great. That That's funny. Well, Before before we go into any other tangents, obviously, obviously this weekend we we have a, we're this on a, on a Wednesday night. So obviously the next game is not to so Saturday and then game four is on Monday. So when, you know, next time we come back on air, like, you know, should, should probably be after game four. So, you know, Bobby, I'll start with you, but what is your predictions for um, after game three and game four? When did we come back to Boston game five? Looking at, what are we looking at then?
0: Was I would love to come back up three two. Uh, I I do think winning th- two out of three in Milwaukee is a very very tall task. Oh, but uh, is it is it uh, is it two three two?
1: No, no it, it, it's, it's, it's not. It's like baseball. Oh, it's not like baseball. It's not
0: like baseball. Yeah, I'm still in the early two thousands. My bad. Um, <laughs> it's not right. But yeah, no. Uh, so listen, I, I think. 2-2 is, is, is the best-case scenario. I don't think we're going to be up 3-1. unless so I have confidence in this team, but I think taking both of Milwaukee is going to be a very tough task for this team. And I, I just, like like we said, if they went down 2 nothing, it would be a whole different discussion. But going to Milwaukee 1-1 and having the chance to come back tied to Boston and put them on the ropes going back to Milwaukee is is best-case scenario at this point. I don't think there's a world where we don't take one. Cause I'm going to say the same thing I said in Brooklyn. Bro, from top to bottom, we are just a better team. You know what I mean? Like the guys that we have coming in to fill those role pieces and to fill that seven, eight, nine or six, seven, eight, nine are so much better than the rest of their bench. I, I just think we're a better team. If we play like we can, we should absolutely, at least, at the very least, split in Milwaukee. If we don't, we're going to be coming back here next week talking about the the gaps and the negatives of this team, because that's what's going to rear its ugly head. If we play our game and we play the basketball that this team is actually capable of playing and not giving up those open threes and not missing our switches and all that stuff we talk about, then there's no doubt in my mind. We come back at least two to two. So, I, mine's actually
2: pretty simple. Uh, I think if you win the turnover battle, and if you keep the point disparity to, to within ten points between uh, points in the paint, you come back three-one. But you, if you turn the ball over less, and you do not only score twenty-four points in the paint, and they score fifty-four, you put yourself in a position where you don't have to shoot lights out from three, and you will. You, sh- you should win that game. I I think uh, I think that the series is. Like I said, uh, Celtics in six, right? Is that what I said? Yeah,
0: yeah, that's what you said.
2: So I, I think it comes back two two, but I just I do think I think that the chances are better that this comes back three one Celtics than it, than it comes back uh, three one Milwaukee
0: because I, I I love to hear that from you.
2: I um, love it because I, I do think that uh, that the third quarter of game two really really concerned me because it was self inflicted. I don't think Milwaukee did anything different. I don't think they scared me at all. If you just score 30,
0: 35 points in the paint and you don't turn the ball over 18 times, you should win the game. Can I have a follow-up question? For, so where do those paint points come from it is, is my only question because uh, I just, I don't listen. I love Rob Williams, man. I do. And I think he has been so vital to who we are, but he's off. He he is. And it's so clear to see. So I I, I am but, uh, scared of exactly... Yeah, I mean, listen. The dunk was great, but he just—he's not. He's obviously not. eighty percent
1: is better than most.
0: <laughs> that's a fact. Listen, that's a fact. But where are those point paints coming from? Because listen, so Al Horford have, isn't have, scoring his decision. paints down low. Yeah, I Robert feel like is, Williams may not be scoring his points down low. So where are they coming from? I feel like right, I can listen. answer this question, Ray, because it's one
2: of the only basketball questions I, I feel like I can answer. <laughs> if, you, if you if you just look at the disparity uh, over the last over the first few games of this, of this series, the Celtics have. Uh, they dominated points off turnovers and in and, and game one and only had, only had eight fast break points. So you have to run, but you have to get out there and run. Right, if you okay. get more points in the paint, they should be on the fast break, especially if Jason Tatum is causing six turnovers a game and Jalen can cause four more. If, if you force them to turn the ball over 18 times in a game, can you please, if you score 24 points off of turnovers, can 12 of them be in the paint? Because yep. then, then you're now you're cooking with gas. Good, Ray. Sorry.
1: Yeah. I, no. I, I mean, I, that's that's one way. That's not the the route that I was thinking of, but that's probably more suited to what I'm going to say. And it's weird that I'm going to say this because the player I'm about to bring up, you know, obviously he's he's hated here now forever. But when Kyrie was here, there was a high low they used to run with him and Al Horford. Uh, that hey, but hey, they but this play on am used to work like gold. Basically, give give it to Al Horford, you on, on left or right block. He either to spin over his left or right shoulder, and it was money, damn near every time. And he's been like that really his whole career. Um, I just think now with obviously having a bigger lineup, I think you still let him get it into paint, um, and have him go towards, and then either shoot or, or have you, have him dump it off to Rob or whoever's cutting. And then you score. If, if you give the extra pass underneath and maybe give a quick pump fake, that's still the best move in basketball. People go, Oh, yo, you got all these, you got all this stuff in his bag. The best move in basketball still is a pump fake. You he bites every logic. time. every every time he does does. either either you let him come down hard and and he foul or you know you you let him slide swap you get the basket so that to me is just as simple but yes Mike's point was better than mine you run (laughs) run 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 run. um and you know once again and make your layups yeah and just it just just makes the make the layup. so that's just how how it has to go so um but I, you know, I'm the only one that has to give it the predictions and we'll close with this. So I I have Celtics in seven. So I, to me, I think they're coming back with a split. I think game three, I think Milwaukee goes off on us. Honestly, I think Milwaukee wins game three. Um, And then we figure out the, we figure it out in game four, uh, find a way to win game five, so on us so over, But we'll get to that when we get there. So we come back to Boston next week, you know, tied at two. Mainly because I think the series is going seven. Mainly because the NBA, I think, wants to see it go seven. And as a fan, um, I, I'd be pleased to say it go so i mean it'd be extra money in my pocket more part. uh <laughs> just, just just saying and so you know so either way it's going to be a great series it's been a good series so far and you know there's more greatness to to come so uh so for money mike mark angelo and for the real bk bob kelly i'm hollywood ray sean buchanan this has been another episode of mention the point and we'll see you next time peace welcome to ringside with ray and prince my name is ray leonard jr oh, my, My name is Prince Daniels, Jr. Daniels
0: again
1: with a big hole. Touchdown! On this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you there. Peace and power.
2: Electric acid. Electric acid.